Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Vinyl and Vision. Here we are with episode 102. Uh, today's very special guest is Daniel Jean. Uh, Daniel is the uh, singer and guitarist for the band Miracler. I've, I think I've heard people do a different pronunciation. I'm not, I'm not sure. I guess I should have asked. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry to fuck that up. Um, but uh, I wanted to, you guys to know that I... Uh, Daniel uh, stopped by while he was on tour, actually came here to the house, which was a really great treat because I love to have people here and it's so nice to be able to speak with someone kind of face-to-face instead of over the computer. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, so the production here is a little different, you know, the video is a little different and, uh, you know, maybe the sound quality will be a little different. You kind of hear a lot of the, the ambiance around the neighborhood in some of this recording. So. Just be aware of that. It might not be your ears. I think I hear a locust at one point, actually kind of buzzing because my door was open. But it was great having him. Uh, he was on tour and they played a, a great show here in Providence, which I went to and saw them. And they are a great band. And they have a wonderful new album out on Reptilian Records, which I this I purchased from him uh, at his show. Uh, but as he says, uh, near the, closer to the end of this episode, um, Please go to Reptilian Records, uh, I believe it's reptilianrecords.com, to purchase your own copy, because uh, it's a great way to help out Reptilian and help out Chris X over there. Very nice vinyl. Sounds awesome, too. It's brutal, brutal heavy music. And uh, speaking of heavy music, uh, today's topic of conversation was Metallica's uh, self-titled album, uh, which everyone else knows as the Black Album. Uh, the, it is the record holder for best-selling metal record uh, uh, to date. So uh, it's also a diamond record seller. It's, it's like one of the top five best-selling records of all time. It's uh, It was a big one. Um, kind of funny the way we get into it. So uh, if you uh, enjoy what we do here at uh, Vinyl and Vision, what we ask is that you please do all the things with the internet. Like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Even yes, even bad comments. I've gotten uh, I've gotten into it with a with someone on YouTube recently. It was hilarious. I appreciated the conversation because I you know it didn't didn't go horrible, but it's just interesting to have to like you know make a point of some things and kind of like re-explain yourself and so so forth, which I guess you know you shouldn't do, but couldn't help myself. I appreciate it. Uh, so if you care to do that. By all means, do that, and uh, you can also go to our website, www.psychicstatic.net, if you care to help us in a financial way, you know, make a purchase over there, and it kind of goes towards funding this thing. Thank you very much, folks. Enjoy. I'm happy to have you guys here, and I'm happy to have you guys just hang out, chill out, have food, you know, just a place to relax, you know? <clears throat> yeah, it's super chill. Yeah, so like I was, they were huge savers for coming through on like, let alone on a Monday night because I mean, who the fuck wants to put a Monday Monday or Tuesday night on? It's like, you know, yeah, I know. Like yeah. it's like, come on, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like a tough ask. But you like, yeah, like and the, but let alone to have like a, a sweet bill with bands we actually want to play with. Like is mm-hmm. like is like fuck yeah, like yeah. So yeah, I'm super super excited to play with them tonight. Yeah. Great, man. Well, I'm looking forward to tonight, too. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this won't be ready in time for the rest of your tour, but you're doing a few more dates, and then you're heading back home? Uh, yeah, we got... Um, yeah, we got the Bedtime Magic, and then we got um, some stupid thing in Boston. It's like, it's like some DJ night or something. Tomorrow? Wednesday. 
Wednesday. It's like a Zulu or something. It's like some DJ yep. night. Okay. I don't know. It's like Zulu. A, that's like the corner spot, like connected to the Middle East. It's right? part of the Middle East. Yeah. Right. I don't know anything about it. Somebody was just, but I was just like, I don't know what the hell this is. And someone's like, oh, it's part of Middle East. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. Middle East. I, I know what that Middle East is. So, um, yeah. So we were just like, all right, we're, we're going to do that. And I guess it's one of the dudes from, uh, um, heavy booking. I don't know it. Heavy, they're like a booking agency or whatever. So, oh, okay. So we were just like, all right, rub elbows with him. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then we're on to two dates with cherubs. Oh, nice. Which will be, which we're stoked about. Yeah. And then, uh, and our buds nub from, uh, from Baltimore are playing both those two with us. So, and then awesome, there's man. one last one in Richmond and then when we're playing with cherubs in Pittsburgh too, basically when we get back, we have like a few days off and then playing mm-hmm. with cherubs in Pittsburgh. So cool. With to tops also. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good man. That sounds great. We've been, we've been trying to rub in, uh, instead of calling them t-tops we've been doing the tops thing tops yeah like y- you get the you know the uh like the john mulaney uh nick kroll thing where they do the uh oh like cocaine no t-tops. i'm not i haven't seen any of their stuff they, they have they have like that skit where they do the the two old guys and they uh they like yes they slur all the words and they're like they're like yeah, we did a bunch of cocaine cocaine and like so we're, we've been affectionately calling them tops nice instead of t-tops and we're trying, we're trying to get the stick and uh, yeah yeah well they're not car guys anyway so yeah, yeah might, exactly might as well so yeah we're, <laughs> we're like we're gonna get, we're gonna try to get people to call them to tops to tops you got it all right yeah. so let's see so we're here to discuss an album that's important to you um i want to jump right into it right so you chose metallica's black album i did uh, i have to kind of figure out what your age is i am 44 44 so yeah so you are right around my age yes um so that means you were a young adolescent when this came out in 91 it's probably around 12 yeah yeah so grader, so what part. how was that what how did it come about um like, how did the album like affect me or how did i how did you kind of list hear it first and um, how, when then I, I imagine you picked it up i i actually don't like the album that much what okay <laughs> well that's all right that's okay that's valid because i know how that can happen so tell me about 12 year old you so uh, yeah, I guess the the weird thing is I I am uh, I'm a I'm a semantic person. Um, I I like to play on semantics. So you were you were like yeah, tell me an album that uh, impacted you, mm-hmm. and I was like yeah, it impacted me. Uh, I don't really like the album though. Oh, um, it impacted you negatively. Yeah, well it, no, it, it 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 played a major role in my life. It um, it, it shaped me musically and it shaped me um in my relationships with uh, friends and it parted me, and took me down the road of punk rock. Okay. It caused the divide, like in my friend group, basically, um, where a lot of my friends went metal at that point, um, and I went punk. Okay. Uh, so it, it was like the divisive album because it was like the mainstream album that like basically hit. Right. And right. Um, you know, after that, basically came grunge. Mm-hmm. And um, prior to that, I was I was all hip hop. I was backpack hip hop. Really. Was, I was De La Soul. I was Tribe Called Quest. I was Jungle Brothers. I was yeah. uh, Poor Righteous Teachers. Public Enemy weird um that's all i was i was a young i was a young little hip-hop head okay that's that was me and then uh yeah so metallica came and uh yeah kind of kind of floored us a little bit you know we were that is the metal is the first thing that like my uh my neighborhood best friend um he he got a guitar you know you know heard that and he was rich and Mm -hmm. you know his dad like bought him a paul reed smith you know flame top paul reed smith and like you know like a like a, a Marshall, like a, a two by twelve, and and it was like, it was, it was like, how, how are you affording this? You know, and I was like, well, my dad's bought it for me. 
like I don't know, but 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 we're not rich, you know. I was, sure. like, I was like, well, who, who cares? Like, you know, you're rich, you can afford it. Like, like that's awesome. Like, you're not rich, your dad's yeah, rich. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but like he he wasn't very like like creative or anything like that. And then of course, like once sure. we started hearing this, and then like and you know, and then Nirvana hit, and then Pearl Jam, like you know, all around the same time. I don't know what the exact order was, but it was yeah, all right. it was that was ninety one ish. Ninety one you know? was Metallica's Black Album, and then ninety two ish was yeah. Nirvana so, and Pearl Jam and so, everything else came So out we there. were like, oh, guitar rock is happening, basically, in our worlds. And we were introduced right. to, you know, that and Spin Doctors or whatever else hit around that same era. Like, you sure. Know. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Guitar World started happening. And, you know, we were picking up guitar magazines and basically just listening to, you know, loud music all of a sudden. And, and picking up Columbia House and, you know, f- seeing like, oh, my God, if you like Metallica, you might like, you know, Kingdom Come and, you know, like Leonard Skinner. And then we'd be like, what is this? And we'd listen and be like, oh, well, I don't like Leonard Skinner. Like, yeah. I don't like Kingdom Come. Like, you know, I don't like this stuff. And like yeah. getting our 12 cassettes and then signing up for another another thing and then signing up for uh, what was the other one? BGM or is it yeah. BG, is it BGM? I don't remember. It was three BMG. BMG, yeah, that was it. Right. And so we're signing up for all these like different cassettes and CDs and being like being like, what all can we get for for, for, for twelve penny. cents or a penny? <laughs> yeah, exactly what it was. Twelve <laughs> cassettes for a penny or twelve CDs for a penny and uh yeah. and just you know, just trying to milk it and get all these different things and signing up our parents and then like, you know, writing back and being like, My son doesn't have my authority to sign up under my name. Oh, like, this must be cancelled and you know, and then getting all this stuff for free and then just keep doing it again. Um, but yeah, just just signing up for all this new guitar stuff, uh, guitar rock uh, driven music, and um, you know we're twelve years old, so you know whatever. But but right. basically with Metallica, it was um, the first thing that kind of like impacted us to whatever degree at the time. Like you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, um, you know, just a lot of yeah, like, you know, like Hetfield just like hitting you, and like and it was good. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and say it wasn't good because like looking back, like I do like Metallica. Like it opened me up on you know, early Metallica and, and like it's it is a I guess a good album, but I'm not I'm just yeah. not here to like sit here and tell you like it was like it's like this phenomenal album that was right. like, you know, this pivotal point in my life. But it just changed me because like I remember my friend like sitting in the room with his guitar, with his Paul Reed Smith and like, you know, fumbling through and learning how to play like Enter Sandman. And you know, that was like you know, one of the first things that like, sure. you know, everyone was like, Oh, I can I can play Enter Sandman. Oh yeah. my god and like and then, like, you know, you could go to guitar stores and, you know, people would be like, player, you understand, man. And, and I remember, I actually remember the neighbor that was in our, in our neighborhood too. Like he also got a guitar and mm-hmm. his whole thing was, uh, we would go to like the bus stop and we'd be waiting. And his whole thing was, I could play understand, man, with my eyes closed. Yeah. And like, like right. a few people like thought that was like pretty awesome. Sure. Yeah. It's like, impressive. Yeah. yeah. And we were, and there was, a, there, I think for a moment we were like, that's, that's wow. He can play understand wow. with his He's eyes closed. He's the best. Yeah, and then we were then, then, then we were like, wait a minute, what the fuck's he talking about? Like, like, <laughs> like he like, closed his eyes. Like, like what the fuck's that right. mean? Like, what does it even fucking mean? Like, so, so you weren't playing at that time. I right? wasn't playing. No, I didn't. I didn't play guitar at all. Like, I didn't play guitar until like like a lot later. Um, okay. but 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 by default, I told my buddy, I was like, we should start a band. Like, because like like why not? Try to be like Metallica. Why not? Well, but that's the thing is like at that point, like I had started to um. I started to go more grunge and I started to go more and I had like found Fugazi at that point and I started to go like a little more like punk and mm. like I found like Jesus Lizard and things like that. And uh, so I started to go a little more towards that avenue. Okay. And he was going more towards, he had found like Deicide and he had found like things like that. So he, he was starting to go more metal. death and metal right. and stuff like that. And um, so it was 
very interesting to see the divide, but he also was not very creative. So yeah. he, he couldn't write a song. Like, so you just learn covers. So, so he won no, it wasn't even that. So but we want we wanted to write our own songs. So I would pick up the guitar and I would sit there and I remember just seeing the the formulation of how he was playing Enter Sandman. And I was just like, Okay, well, so if you put your fingers in these positions and then okay, well I'm just gonna put my fingers here and then I'm just gonna change up like the melody and just do something different. I remember we wrote this song called I, I, or I wrote this song called Wheatfield. And mm-hmm. that was our first song was this song called Wheatfield. It was just based off of like this E minor with like, you know, whatever the, the, the A sharp thrown in there. Yeah. And, and it was, so it was just like, had this like little minor, like a little, whatever that is a minor fifth or whatever the hell it is. Uh, right. Like, and it was just like, okay, cool. So I not knowing how to play guitar wrote like our first song and it was like, okay, cool. And, but yeah, and so inadvertently Metallica helped me play guitar and helped me learn how to play guitar. So like yeah. that's how the black album like shaped me in that way. Right. Like, that's weird. Um, I mean, I love it cause it's, you know, it's not the typical thing where it's just like, Oh, I heard that and I just was so blown away and I loved it so much. And I just, it's, you know, I'd listen to it every day still type thing. Um, plus, I mean like I, I knew clearly that it was like different than what you do. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm just like, but, you know, obviously you've had decades since this album came out. So sure. I was I was wondering, you know, which direction was it going to be? Are you was it that it was an album that was pivotal, pivotal to you at that moment as a kid? Or, or was it just something that hit so hard that you were like, I, I still refer to that this day? Yeah, Plus, because yeah. you don't seem like a metalhead. Are you a metalhead? Oh, boy. Um, I do enjoy metal. Yeah. Some metal. Yeah. OK. But I'm very. um cautious you're picky with my metal yeah like um like i love like old i love like death like chuck is like one of my like favorite like guitarists okay. like like rest in peace like i mean like the dude was like fucking just great like everything that dude did like even in cynic and stuff like that like that stuff is just awesome mm-hmm. like I, I love that stuff um i love like 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 carcass and and napalm death and stuff like that okay and i love Godflesh and things like that but like and so now was that is that more of like a, a, a more recent turn on or was that kind of like that came immediately after metallica i liked some of it but also i'm not going to say that i like immediately dove into it as a kid as right. much because i definitely went more like indie punk as a kid right uh i would probably say i started i didn't start really absorbing that stuff until like college okay so i think like as a kid like i I had blinders on a little bit and i was just like real committed to certain things Mm -hmm. like like it was like oh hip-hop like straight hip-hop and then it was like oh then straight like punk and then you know i still listen to hip-hop and everything like that too but then it, it was like i like i'm like a like all in kind of person so it was like oh yeah now i'm all into this and like i don't have time for it no 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 that's cool that's cool you listen to metal but i don't have time for the metal right and like i want to do this yeah and then uh and then like you know then like and then like when i would get into a metal phase and like i was in a i was in a band in like the early um excuse me uh like around 2010 it was kind of a metal band and like our our guitarist was in like uh he was in uh, Creationist Crucifixion and Abnegation, which were like early like hardcore, mm-hmm. uh, influential hardcore bands. And um, so, I, so we had a lot of like metal influences. Our drummer was extremely metal. And so like all I would listen to at that time point was just like metal just because I was just like, well, let's just, let's just, uh, 
let's just let's, let's just absorb a whole bunch of metal and let's just sure. listen to a whole bunch of metal at that point um, and it wasn't necessarily it obviously wasn't like metallica but actually no it was no we did listen to a lot of metallica at that point early yeah. metallica yeah yeah it was all early I, right. I don't i mean you went backwards. i'm not trying to be that guy but like yeah i don't really mess with like load or anything after that like yeah, like, yeah. i think um I did try to listen to that the new the new album they put out. The seventy two seasons is that what it's called? The brand new one? I believe it's seventy two seasons. Yeah, I, I did try to listen to it. Um, I listened I to just, it too. Actually, when you chose us, I was just like, I I should give that new album a try. Let me see. Let me see. And yeah. it's pretty good. I feel. Is it? I didn't. I didn't. I got like three songs, and I didn't. I, I thought I it was actually. I, I it was kind it. of like a return to form for them. Okay. Because like, there's no ballads. Okay. It's a stupid. It's a fucking stupid long record, but. There's like all it's like all thrash. I mean, okay. for the most part, like there's no ballads. There's no unforgiven. There's no I'll give it sad lesson. but true. Yeah. It was I, I don't know. It was just like oh, I, I'm I'm not hating this. But do you like unforgiven? I mean, I like unforgiven. This this album was important for me when at the time too because I I was you know about eleven when it came out. Yeah. And I was getting into hard music at that time. You know, like uh, Guns and Roses, Metallica. Sure. Um. I guess I had already kind of known a little bit about Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Aerosmith, maybe. Um, so Metallica, this was this wasn't big for me in the sense that I had to go buy this record. I didn't go buy it, okay. but it was on MTV. Yeah, yeah. And so now I saw all <laughs> yeah, of these was. videos. As actually, no, that's not true. Um, I did like Injustice for All. My mm-hmm. brothers and I, because I have three older brothers, so one of them got Iron Maiden and Injustice for All. And so I remember listening to Injustice for All pretty religiously when it was out. And then this one came out, so I guess I was kind of excited for this, but I didn't go buy it. Um, I guess I, I guess I could say, in retrospect, I kind of felt like they were a little sellout-ish. Yeah. Because having known uh, Injustice for All and then listening to this one, I was, or, or at least like hearing the singles off of this one, I was just like, it's not the same. Oh, it's definitely not. Yeah, you know, but but I mean, it it was still had some appeal for sure. I mean, Metallica was Metallica, and they're just cool. Like to a kid that likes rock music, like they're just cool. Sure, you know, and, and I actually really loved Jason Newstead. I thought he was great because oh. I didn't know Cliff Burton. I didn't know about you know the previous records. I started at yeah, Justice for All. Same. So I just thought he was like the coolest, like handsome looking, just rad bass player. You know. Yeah. So I I don't know. I guess I I guess I really did like this record. Did you but, have the undercut? The like the, the like the the Newstead like undercut oh, yeah. like I the shape it. yeah I so did too cool. yeah <laughs> yeah there was a point where I did too yeah and like I, I I I don't know if it was because of Newstead necessarily but like that's but that's the first thing I think of yeah it's like the undercut sorry sure to cut you off. no it's all right I mean the, they were they were just a cool band everything about them just screamed to me like epitome of cool yeah. um I I kind of say I have to say though I was with same with you because you know shortly after grunge broke. And that was what I got into. I definitely got into Nirvana, definitely got into Pearl Jam and so forth and just kind of went down that that rabbit hole, yeah. you know, um, leading into noise rock, I guess. Yeah. So um, let's go back into your history a little bit. So now you said you weren't playing guitar at that time, but you started to kind of, you tried to start a band. So when yeah. did you officially or kind of when do you feel like you really started to learn or did you take any lessons? No, we actually, it was right around... I forget if it was eighth or ninth grade. So it would have been like a year or two after that, that um, we had this, this teacher in our school, in our, <clears throat> what would it have been, junior high school, who was a, um, she played guitar. She was like this old, 
mm-hmm. older like I don't know like hippie-ish kind of like yeah. I don't know a little like folky free spirit yeah folky <laughs> yeah <laughs> she was I mean she was awesome um I like looking back like she was she was a gift to have um I don't know if I uh, appreciated her as much at the time probably as, as I should have or I don't know if any of us really did um, sure. um I think she passed I, um I hope that's not true what was her name? Uh, Mrs. Popovich. Mrs. Popovich. I think that I think that was her name. Yeah, she was she was awesome. Props uh, props to Mrs. Popovich. Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, I also hope that was her name. I'm pretty positive that was her name. I'm picturing her right now, so I, I'm really hoping that was her name. I'm I'm pretty positive. That was All her. right. Um, she she rolled. Um, but she started a guitar class because she noticed that there was a whole bunch of like metalheads and like Votecker kids that like you know had jean jackets with like their like yeah Zeppelin patches and like Creator patches and things like that. And mm-hmm. It was just like and she was like she like uh, had approached the principal and was like I should start up like a like a extracurricular like guitar or guitar class that was like nice. teaching kids how to play guitar. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just like you know a music class or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. it was it was super cool because it was, um a lot of the kids knew how to play like really well oh, like, okay. that already like had guitars and I'm, I'm saying very well, but like, yeah, they could play like, uh, like fade to black perfectly or whatever. Sure. And it was like, Oh my God, this guy knows how to play. And like, you know, other kids, yeah, <laughs> were like, like they could play like, you know, any, any like, you know, Dave Mustaine solo. And it was like, God. Yeah. And then the, like, I had never picked up an acoustic before in my life and it was all on acoustic though. So it was oh, all okay. like learning how to play like, you know, like, like open chords basically or sure. like you know anything anything standard but so that was kind of like where i like first like learned how to play guitar you know and I'm, I'm like picking up the guitar and i guess to bring back the black album i'm like you know hitting all the open strings and playing nothing else matters and being like i mean yeah well, i got it i got it guys <laughs> like, like uh, we starting a band right right we're, I'm, I'm in um so uh so it, it was it was humbling to be like you know amongst these people but at the same time i didn't really care because i i didn't want to play like that like i never had any like i don't like i've never liked shredding guitar right i've always found it to be kind of like obnoxious yeah um i like kind of like listening to it but i like i love megadeth okay and like but i don't but i also get really turned off by it at a point (laughs) like i'm just like it reaches you reach a point where you're like like, okay i've had enough like yeah, this is the fifth solo in this song. Yeah. That's cool. Like yeah. and like oh, Mar- Marty has his, and now Dave has his, and then Marty right. has his, and then Dave, oh it, oh yeah, Dave needed another, of course, because yeah. Dave needed three, and Marty hadn't yet two. I'm not big on solos. Yeah, in general, like even still, like it's just like you know being in a band now and like trying to write music, and then like you know it's just like yeah, I'm gonna rip a solo right here. It's like you don't have to. Just, you really don't have to. Yeah, it's just gratuitous, <laughs> and it's like uh, <laughs> I I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd like to trace the history of like I guess what when that came about. I mean, mm. it was I mean it was probably an orchestra, and like or some some kind of like concerto or something where it was like yeah. okay, everyone needs a break here, and so it's time for the the timpani to, to right. go off and sure. you know, do yeah. something or or have the right and every the f- instrument the, the got first its opportunity. Seats, the first seat violinist to yeah. have their moment. I yeah, guess. I mean, I guess uh, that's something that kind of like carried over. I mean, I never really thought about it, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But, um, um, well, uh, let me see. So, so you're learning guitar in high school with Miss Popovich. Yeah. Um, where where did you grow up? Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, we grew up uh, outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. And so, what was uh, what was music in the house like? Um, uh, pff, 
Sorry, I was reading the mic. Oh, my. <laughs> that shows exactly what it was like. Uh, my, my parents weren't very um, into music. My my brother, um, my brother is he became into music, but uh, early on he would. He's younger by three years, um, but he would, um, you know, as a younger brother will, he would kind of follow suit with everything that I was into. Mm-hmm. So, um, and as a younger brother, he he got a lot of things that the older brother didn't. Um, so he, um, you know, at at an early age, he was uh, when I was into hip hop, it was uh, oh, I want a keyboard because you know he could he could turn on a keyboard and right, he used to kind of like drum. Yeah, and then they that so that suddenly you know he had the he was able to make beats on a keyboard and just or to have a beat there and like but I always wanted the keyboard but you know so he got the keyboard um but the the there was a it was contingent on him taking keyboard lessons mm. and taking piano lessons so he learned uh piano at a younger age um which was advantageous for him down the road uh but then uh with guitar same thing he got a guitar before I did mm at um a young age and i i coincidentally uh i i actually remember the first song i ever picked up and thought i learned on guitar was i remember picking up his guitar and uh so this is fast forwarding a few years this is to like whatever 93 ish or whatever uh i remember picking up his guitar one year and going upstairs and just on a whim being like i think i i forget what which live nirvana video whether it was live on blah, 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 on mtv it was like but i was like oh I, I think i figured this out i ran upstairs and i was like i know how to play all apologies now and i went upstairs because i never had the the guitar world magazines or any of those oh, yeah. for the tablatures and i don't know how to read music and i still don't and um but so i went upstairs and i was like i think i know how to play this and i didn't realize the song was in drop d at that point and i'm just playing it in standard tuning on his this little like you know $60 guitar that my parents bought him the, the strings are like you know an, an inch off of the fretboard and oh, yeah. you know I'm trying to like fight down like where, where I don't know how to really do anything but I'm just like hey, the fingers were about here and I'm like trying to like you know strum and place thing and I'm like got it I got it I think I got it I know how to do this yeah um and it, it was it was it was horrible it was, yeah it was not even close it was not I, it yeah it was it, yeah <laughs> I think I, I think I was ready to ready to go on tour um That's hilarious but yeah, so it was uh it was it was really uh bad and I don't know why I ever picked up a guitar again or had any ambition to, but I ended up buying uh I, I ended up saving up money that I made at the grocery store and I bought a little a guitar. It was a Crestline guitar. It was like mm. a Les Paul generic. Yeah. Um and a Gorilla amp off of my wow. buddy's older brother who like played varsity baseball who you know has no reason ever having a guitar and an amp because he that right no so, desire know, i don't know why dude ever had an amp yeah but uh he bought his guitar and amp for i think it was like you know like 100 150 bucks total or something like that and you know that's when i started playing guitar at that point yeah how old were you then <sighs> i don't even know so i'm guessing like 14 15 okay. and uh and so you never looked back you kind of always been in bands since then kind of um that's when i, I yeah i kind of started up like a punk band around then um it was like more like I think it was I think at that point it was probably like pop punk at that point. Oh, okay. It was probably like screeching weaselish sure. at that point when this I started like when, when I started playing broke. guitar. It was after it was after Green Day, but like all my friends prior to that was were real into like like Screeching Weasel and Pink Lincolns. Nothing Souls maybe, something um, like that. 
they were kind of in the bouncing souls. I never, there were certain, certain bands in that though, that I couldn't do like, yeah, couldn't do bouncing souls. Couldn't do social distortion. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I never got big into that either. Yeah. There was something about it. I just couldn't, th- those, those ones. Um, hmm. but also, but then I started, but then I, I got into like, at that point I was into like Sebado. Oh, okay. And stuff like that. And then that's what drew the, <laughs> drew the line between me and my friends with that. Cause I started getting into like, I was like, well, I mean, you know, I guess it's cool writing songs about like, you know, like, you know, farting on pillows and, you know, whatever kind of things mm-hmm. like, you know, forgetting to do your homework and whatever. But like, right. I also really like, you know, thinking. Yeah, sure. I mean, that definitely <laughs> Sebado and everything in that vein is definitely more of a thinker, thinking man's yeah. uh, emo punk yeah that thing. Was, that was, i think that was the main thing yeah, yeah. So i was like i was like i was like yeah like I, i'm cool with being in touch with my emotions it also seems kind of easier like it's like if you felt like you were challenged at trying to learn how to play an instrument basically by yourself without lessons <clears throat> that kind of seems like that's more doable yeah there's like a lot more just kind of like notey stuff there's just kind of like there's a lot more space in between notes and chords uh, it's just a lot more noise in general. So obviously that leads into kind of getting into a noise rock band. Yeah. Feedback is a, is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, it's a, so you don't really have to do anything. You just kind of have to wave your guitar. Around. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I think it was the first time I saw Sonic Youth, which was probably around 94. Hmm. Um, yeah. Just kind of just being just destroyed by just the ability to just not do anything and just have it be, and you, it's it was it was like literally like, I remember like a few years ago my wife was like describing to me what like she was like oh yeah I've, I've heard of this thing called a sound bath and I was like and I remember in my head just thinking like oh I experienced that in like '94 with Sonic Youth like like I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about like yeah, yeah. like you know before you even go into like what a Zen description of of this this thing called a sound bath is like okay I think I experienced that already like this 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 like oral attack of of like you know what what that is with Sonic Youth like it was just like being just like washed away just by like just drenched in just this guitar mm-hmm. feedback I think that was maybe right before right around washing machine or something. I don't remember I'm not sure oh, okay. somewhere around there but yeah was, I don't remember okay but well, that's cool but yeah so sense. it was kind of yeah just that point of just being yeah having a relationship with music um in that emotional sense, kind hmm. of, which I felt like is what, like, you know, Sebado has started to do for me. Um, Bake Sale was actually another album I had debated about uh, talking to you about. Oh, okay. Because I was like, God, I could talk about Bake Sale for for, <laughs> for hours. That would have uh, been cool. Yeah. Either way, just, I mean, like, that's the thing. Is but like, I you also, can choose any record but and I also, be cool. But I also am, like, so much into tangents and just, like, sure. I'm, like just staying focused at this point is just like, ah, I prefer tangents. Yeah. So. All right. One question before we get into, the, into some of the songs here. Uh, have you ever seen Metallica? I have. When? I saw, I saw Metallica on the tour. I want to say I was. it was probably about 94, 3, 4. Okay, so not too long. It might have even been on this uh, this fucking tour cycle. It was. It probably was on. It, no, it wasn't that tour cycle because I believe on that tour cycle they toured with Guns N' Roses. I mean, they were out for like two and a half years. So like, if it was, then it was on the tail end of that because I remember when they came through Pittsburgh on that tour cycle. I believe they played at Mellon Arena with with Guns N' Roses, and I ended up seeing them at Star Lake Amphitheater where they was supposed to be with Alice in Chains, hmm. and Alice in Chains had to cancel because i think lane had some problems at the time okay 
and I remember, I think it was, um, it was whatever uh, Rob Halford's side project was. I, I remember Ken Fred was called Down. Was okay. It, is that was that a name of one of his projects? I'm, I'm not familiar. I, I don't like Rob Halford, so it was not Avengers then, and it still isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of his side projects that was like that had a moment. Um, yeah. Okay. Was the was the fill in opener at an at an amphitheater, and it, so it was whatever <laughs> around that time was. I just remember I went with um, two of my bandmates at the time. And my cousin took us and we got like, we just, <laughs> we just sat on the roof of, of the van and before we went in and I had brought, this was back when I was, uh, I was, I think I was like 15 because we weren't old enough to drive. So that's, that's how I remember that it was around then. So it was probably 15 ish. Okay. Um, but we sat on the roof and that was, we also had uh Pepsi big slams. If you remember those, sure. Which were like we were talking about those earlier, actually, coincidentally. But uh, I can't remember. If it, I think it was like thirty-two ounces, maybe, of Pepsi. Okay. Um, and I had dumped it out the Pepsi, and that's what I. This was during a, a phase of my life, and I had filled it up with gasoline, and that's when I was a gas huffer, and oh, I sat and fuck. I huffed. I huffed on the uh, <laughs> on the roof of of the van, um, and we just got we got like messed up ahead of time, and my cousin. Um, didn't know i think i think she found out like afterwards he couldn't smell it how can't you smell it that's (laughs) um so and then we got like you know fucked up and we went in and saw uh metallica and um yeah they were awesome they were awesome i remember them being you liked it i did yeah yeah they were fantastic and um yeah that's but at the same time like I, i i don't think it was the uh the uh unleaded running through my brain yeah you know I, I think it was i think it was a pretty uh, a pretty good a pretty good show from what i remember so. i mean supposedly they're one of the best live acts ever i've never seen Have them you play. Ever, okay no i've never seen them would play. you consider seeing them at this point and would you call it metallica yeah i would call it metallica i wouldn't want to see them just because i don't like big shows okay i really don't like big shows i'm with you on that yeah it just makes me feel uncomfortable like there's no like even in being in, even if i could afford being in the front Mm-hmm. I don't think I would want to be there because yeah. I would just feel way too overwhelmed. There's way too many people around me. Like I like being That's what I was gonna, was it, is it, I was going to say, is it the <clears throat> intimacy or is it the um, performance itself? No, I mean, of... if they could, if they would play a club, I would go to a club and okay. see them. Absolutely. But I just, I don't like those big venues. Like I really don't like, I don't like the traffic. I don't like the congestion. I don't like being around that many people. Like, a lot and of, factors, of course there's yeah. a lot of factors like with people just being stupid like mm-hmm. you, you're just opening up the ratio to like the number of like really kind of brain dead maniacs to like, hey, just kind of normal civil people. Because I just like to hang out. I don't want to get into a pit. I don't want to like, you know. Yeah. I, I have no desire for it, really. Yeah. So I just want to hang back and enjoy the show. No, I feel you on that. I'm an old man now. I'm I'm the same way. But I also feel like I'm running into that same thing at smaller shows where like you get the small yeah. intimate venue and then you're like, right. oh, I don't want to get kicked. I'm still sure. st- going to go stand over here. Gosh, I'm, I'm still I'm still, still going to get kicked. I'm getting an elbow. Yeah. For sure. I'm like, or I don't. Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, I even find it with like on going on tours now where like, yeah, like we have to with the venues and stuff and having to seriously ask venues and be like, I'm, I'm sorry. Is, uh, is, is there smoking in here at like oh, at, yeah. at the venues yeah like, I, like we, I ran into a, a few venues last tour yeah where i had to ask at the venue we actually had to cancel last minute at, at a few at a few spots down oh, south man and it was it's so weird <laughs> that they don't make the exception be <laughs> like i mean in pittsburgh there's a few few bars that are complete bullshit that there's a loophole and, and yeah, yeah in pennsylvania you need to fix that it's 
stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's just like, it's why, just why, why, why? It's either do it or don't. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember when that law took effect around here. And, you know, I mean, at the time I was working in a movie theater, mm-hmm. totally could smoke everywhere. And I used to smoke. Yeah. So I remember kind of being against it at first, thinking like, oh, now I can't even smoke in the place I work. That sucks. But then, like, I've had, like, I've since quit. But mm-hmm. either way, it was just like, I didn't miss it at all. Like, the idea of going yeah. outside. The only problem, the only time it sucked was winter. Because then it's just like, oh, I got to go outside to smoke? I'm not smoking. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that was the one drawback for a smoker. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, I, I haven't missed it at all. I mean, it's been great. I, I love it. Like, not, like, going to places and not having smoke inside of Especially, like, small clubs with, like, shows going on. It's just, like, it would get so smoky, like, so quickly when people could smoke inside. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't it's, I I feel like it's just like almost equivalent of like being like, "Oh, I like I like just saying like like fuck all the time or whatever." And then sure. being like, "Oh, there's a like like a little 2-year-old right there or something like that." And like Yeah, you can't maybe, stop yourself for maybe a little I while. D- maybe I decide myself, maybe I decide it's not a good idea to say it right here. Right. So, I'm just not going to say it's it like, right no, now. I'm just going to exercise I'm, my right to say fuck yeah, just cuz like, I can. It's like, yeah, could I? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like okay, I'm just going to use better judgment and be like, you know, okay, this is okay if I don't do this for right now and what later when I want to say fuck, I'm going to go say fuck. Sure. Yeah. On my own. Right. Yeah. I'll so. say fuck on my own time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so let's get into this record a little bit. So obviously you are not clearly a huge fan of it. No. No. Okay. Not really. Um, it's well, fine. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a fine record. Well, I'm, at the time. So, I mean, let's just, let's, maybe we'll think about it, like, keep yourself in the mindset of being a 12 year old. Yes. And like what it, what this record was like for you at the time. And yeah. uh, did you like own the record at any point? That's a really good question. I actually want to say I didn't. So maybe I you only knew don't. the singles. No, I mean, I've streamed the record. Put since. it that way. Since I know I've listened to the record in, but not necessarily when you were twelve. Full. I'm wondering if I ever had it on cassette. I don't. Or maybe like a friend, if you hung out with a friend that yeah, had it. I know I've heard it. it. I don't think I. one hundred percent don't think I've ever purchased the record. Yeah, I haven't either, which is odd considering how many copies it sells. Yes. Still to this day. Yeah. It's still selling like a million copies a year. That's crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> On average, I don't know the exact number, but it's around that. It's wow. fucking insane. It's yeah. the it's it's one of the the diamond records. It's one of the five. It's one of the top five best selling records in the world. That's so insane. So it's up there with uh, Pink Floyd's "Dark Side of the Moon." Um, like and of the thriller f- or something like what else is on there? Like is well, so that's the other thing. Yeah, well, uh, Michael Jack. I think that's still in there. I think it's still. I mean. So Thriller got knocked out by the Eagles' greatest hits, right? So oh. that's the other thing, too, is this, like, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the the exact figure, but of the top five best-selling records of all time, two are greatest hits compilations. So this being one actual, like, record oh, okay. by a band. And the, the Eagles are the one? and I think I believe Eagles are in first place right now. Um, what's I didn't, the, what's I, the other compilation? I'm, I feel like it's an obvious one too. It's gonna be. Yeah, it probably is super obvious. I don't know. I, I didn't look Maroon into five. it. Let's I didn't go look with into Maroon it. Five. <laughs> no, fuck them. Good on you, Maroon no. Five. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I'll have to look into it. But it's it, you know, it really wasn't important. All I know is that this album is obviously one of the five. That's wild. Yeah, I it, wouldn't have guessed that. Like if I was on Family Feud, I would have. Yeah, and that was there were still <laughs> two up there, <laughs> and we were yeah. struggling. Like, yeah, I would, I would not have. 
Yeah. I want to say it's Fleetwood Mac. Rumors is probably one. Huh. I want to say that's one because that thing sounds like fucking stupid. Uh, I also wouldn't guess that. That one is a crazy record. Yeah. I would assume that one. Michael Jackson Thriller for sure, probably. It's gotta be a Beatles record. Like that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Which one like sells the best? I don't know. Is it the White Album? I don't know. I'm not sure which one sells the best. Like, cause that's a th- I don't know. Like when you are like we have with Beatles fans and like yeah. Rolling Stones fans. Like I don't know. Like if there is like a concise number one. Like plus, like, it's I like, know people like argue Beatles versus Rolling Stones, well, but like think about this too. It like it's not fair because time wise, this this album's only been out since '91. You know, every Beatles record has been at the latest. Like the last record was released in like '78, yeah, yeah, '79 maybe. Something. So, you know, it's, so it's like it's it it almost seems like it pales in comparison because if this record could have sold, uh, what is it like the fifty million? No, not fifty million. It's, I think it's like twenty-five million. Thirty? No, thirty. I'm thirty million. It's something ridiculous like that. But yeah. so I mean, it's only had uh, thirty, 30 something years, years yeah. to 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 kind of. Accumulate that many sales. Yeah, and it, and you know, comparison to let's just say Dark Side of the Moon. I know that that's one of them. Mm-hmm. It's been selling since seventy two, seventy seven, maybe. Yeah, at the latest. I don't remember when Dark Side of the Moon came out, but it was it had to be in the seventies. So it's like that had twenty extra years to sell. Sure. So I don't know. Well, that was the other thing because that's why I was I was my brain was going to like I was like oh well, what about like like Taylor Swift or or Beyonce or something. But I was like oh but don't they don't they don't have it. the track record yet. They'll they get there eventually, get maybe. There. Yeah. But yeah, they don't have the, the ability. But plus, record sales kind of suck these days in general. I mean, like, yeah, they it's still sell skewed. records, but I mean, yeah. how many physical copies are they selling? Like, I don't know if like even digital sales kind of. I don't know how of, that. I don't know how that affects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird. It's a weird business now. Um. Yeah. So I never had this record, mm-hmm. and so I actually never listened to this album in its entirety until just recently. Okay. So, all, so some of these songs were new to me. I was just there's like, some sweet ones on there. There are, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, it, for Metallica, yeah. You know, not being a metalhead, not being a massive Metallica fan, I was just like, oh, they're, they're, these are there actually are some decent record uh, songs on here, but there's also some really shitty ones. Since it's fresh, can I jump? Like, can I jump to one? Can I ask you about ask you about one since you ju- since you listened to it recently? Sure. And since it's not super fresh in my, in my brain. Yeah. Is this the, this is the album with the oh uh, oh. Oh no, that's not this. What song is that? I don't know. There's there's some song. Like, I think it's like I don't think it's read off the songs. Well, it but starts off with Enter Sandman. No, no, it's it's like later. It's like uh, I think it's I think it's this album. It's like of Wolf and Man, shit. the God that failed. Might be the God. That, might be one. It's one of those later ones. My friend of misery. There's like seriously a song on it where like they 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 do like that 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 stupid thing. I just yeah. did. <laughs> I, I I mean it sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't think of it. I'm really. pretty. I'm seriously. I, I think it's this album, man. All right. Well, we'll get to it. And then you know what? I'll even play it just to. I'll start off the songs just so we can kind of get a, a feel for them. We can go through in any order, and then we can just lose our shit when it when it happens because it's. It, <laughs> Let uh, me see. Uh, just just go in order. Let's start. Let, wait. Let's start with Enter Sandman. All right. So Enter Sandman. All right. We know this song. No oh, big yeah, deal. Enter Sandman. Great Whatever, song. great you, song. You can just picture the uh, the the truck coming down from the video, getting ready to burst. Yeah, right. That that video was was very impactful. I think as a on a young kid. That was a that's a big video. Yeah. So let's see. So what I have for entertainment says uh, Hetfield says he was listening to Fear a lot at the time of writing 
Enter Sandman. Uh, yeah. He took inspiration from the song We uh, We Destroy the Family, and uh, initially started writing about crib death. Okay, Th- that's w- the lyrics to this song in- originally started as him writing about crib death, which you know is SIDS, infant uh, sudden yeah. infant death syndrome. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of weird. Uh-huh. Uh. Obviously, Bob Rock, the producer, and Lars Ulrich, um, made the suggestion to James to rethink his lyrical choice. <laughs> Obviously going for a better, more universal theme. Um, still revolving around scary themes, particularly around the young. Um, now, your new album, um, How I Became the Devil, sounds and looks a little scary. <laughs> Can you tell me about something that scares you? The album's inspired by Metallica's <laughs> <laughs> and my bassist and our producer told me to, to change the content. <laughs> um, something that scares me. Um, well, uh, I think about uh, I think about death a lot. And then one thing that scares me is I uh, I have this like weird delusion that like um, I've never been to this out loud before. I'm just gonna say this out loud because I've never said it before, and it sounds preposterous. But I have this delusion that my wife isn't real. Yeah. Um, is she AI? No, that just that she doesn't exist, and that I made her up. Okay. Um, can I visit your house and maybe tell you what? <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't know, like, like, like we, we we talk about like weird, like, um, like, like not we, like, like, like the band, like we were talking the other day about like just post death and like ideas that like when you die, like you know, you you just your consciousness gets transported into like another like reality that's the same as the current reality and it's just like one thing is shifted okay like slightly but it's just you keep going on and yeah and you're like the hero you're like the god of your own existence and and the same thing happens for everybody and we are all our own god like you know existence and whatever it's like it's some i forget what it's called it's like some some theory um and so but but ultimately it sounds great because you just never die but it's also you're you're the lone survivor of your own like you know like existence nuclear exa- like, like exhaustion where at the end you're the last person standing and you're like weird like okay. you just like wither away on your own like but you never wither away um right. so but anyways but but going back to that, like i have this weird thing where like i'm like i don't think my, like like sometimes like i'll be sitting there like if i'm in the shower or something and i'll be like i don't know if my wife is real like that like like she's there right <laughs> like 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 i'm not in like in this house by myself like i'm not right. here by accident right like I mean, you can um, kind of say that about everything, right? Yeah, but I just have this fear just with with her sometimes. Yeah. Um, does she know this? No, I've never told her before. Either. She does now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, it's just something like I've I've like just had this odd like fear of just that like that it that it didn't happen or something like right. you know, we never got married, we never met, we never. Like I imagined this all. Um, yeah, you're kind like of living been, like a I've like a Jacob's deluded. ladder, right? Yeah, like it's just like some sort of some major like just delusion that like none of it existed and like everything else. But like I'm not delusional about anything else. Everything else in my life is perfectly right, straight. And I like I'm that's the only thing that's that I'm so delusional weird. about. Okay. Um, I mean, I quite I question that too. I mean, not specifically about my wife, and I I'm pretty sure you met her. Just yeah. now, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, everything in general. I mean, like, c- kind of similar to what you're saying is this, like, my theory of life is that you know that what you're seeing, you're seeing, right? Mm-hmm. And 
but you're the only one that knows this perspective. Yeah, yeah. You're the only one that can see through your eyes and sees what you see. Yes. Even though, like, you know people, you speak with people, you share your ideas, you share your thoughts, whatever. Um, you have experiences, but even so much so that, like, everything that we experience, everything that we learn, everything that we read, everything that we hear, uh, just the language that we speak, essentially, I created it myself. And I'm living in this weird realm where all of this stuff is fabricated by me. Now, that sounds ridiculous to a person that might be listening to this that's just like, this guy's tapped. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... Because essentially, that's all we have. We only have our own perspective on things. Yeah, like you wrote the definition. Yeah, like Pretty much, based yeah. on your own perspective. Right, because like, like, what it, like what is language? What is like, like what is numbers? Why do numbers work? Yeah. Like, all of this stuff kind of had to come from somewhere. It had to, A human had to create these things, right? So essentially nothing is perfect everything can kind of be uh, an interpretation of, of of itself and and frankly i think that like i'm going to end up on my deathbed and uh everything that i've i've done up until that point whenever that happens will have already happened i well i'm essentially like kind of like flipping through the the memory of my life leading up to my death because mm-hmm. it's kind of like what people say about like um you know you had a near-death experience and so you have your life flashes before your eyes so my life is essentially flashing before my eyes in real time yeah like like this is it yeah yeah like, like it's already happened i'm yeah. already done like uh, every like that like i have no because no... what's time like how do you know that this is right. the flash right yeah i mean because like if you think about your memories if you think about you know like think about your past right now and think about how quickly it seems like it's passed you know like that was all just like a blink of the eye and now you're here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in like two seconds, you're going to be in a different state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, I don't know. It, that, that's definitely no, that's... some some weird shit to, to kind of get fucking lost in for a while. But we're not going to do that because <laughs> <laughs> that's a little too much information. Uh. But um, so like, so of, of these things that, so of this thing that scares you that you're sharing me with, uh, you're sharing with me, does that, does that or does did that or does that have any effect on what you created with your new record? Like, cause it's a, it's a scary theme. I mean, the, the new record, uh, being how I became the devil, the, like the imagery, like, you know, I mean, it, it seems like a, like a, like kind of like horror influenced. Yeah. It's, um, it's dark, but it's about like communication. It's actually it's dark actually because uh, it, uh <laughs> um our label rejected our initial art. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um our initial art was actually extremely like bubbly and it was like this painting that was like bright pink and it was very childish. Um huh. and it was like in contrast I'm not to gonna your say, music. I'm not going to say he rejected it. I'm going to say he he encouraged me to rethink it. Mm-hmm. He was and he was right. Kind and of like I'm, like, I'm totally with him. Um but he was just like why are you doing this? <laughs> like, right. Like, so he, he was just like, I don't, he's like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, you know, cause musically, like, I mean, the, the music's great and he likes your record. I mean, I've, I've heard him speak about your record and, and say that it's one of his favorite records. Right. I'd, I'd like to think he enjoys it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, you know, I would like to hope that people we work with, uh, enjoy what we do. Right. right. Um, but yeah. so he didn't want so you to I kind of like make that contrast between what the, yeah. what the musical content is like. And then the, imagery that's kind of connected to it yeah and so like we talked about like you know like you know 
what the album was and like and i was kind of trying to explain that it did have this sort of infantile um connection to uh or to, to my youth and and so i wanted to exemplify that in in the artwork and blah 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 mm. and um but then we discussed the darkness also in the album and uh so it, we also thought it would still be on theme just to it's to stick with a black and white theme that sure. which is kind of what the band is a lot more of a black and white band yeah um yeah. so uh so i just decided that the thumbprint um running over with the eyes mm-hmm. uh which are excuse me um basically just taken from our seven inch um yeah i was gonna say so that was the same a thing continuous the, theme it's kind yeah. of a, the the opposite image of yeah. uh the single you put out <clears throat> yeah okay. um and it's just like you know a fingerprint kind of you know just to continue a play on identity so mm-hmm. um yeah but it's kind of just uh how you know just an idea on, on how we all um it's also i was gonna say it's just a reference on how we all decide on like you know whether we're good or bad people um i feel like you know a lot of people justify people as like oh no no but he's a good guy mm-hmm. or like oh she's no but she's okay she's good how well do you really know that person and like <laughs> yeah and, and we and we also just justify it for the stupidest reasons just or simply just because someone's adjacent to us mm-hmm. um in some degree and uh um i think there's a lot of flaw in that and mm. um i think we let a lot of people slide okay um and including ourselves and so i think it's it's i think it's a it was it was a way for me to um look i guess within yeah okay yeah. that sounds great man um so the next song is sad but true uh but i'm going to skip that song yeah. I didn't really find anything about it that seemed pertinent and even trying to understand the song itself it really didn't do anything for me um, also a single but yeah. I do think that, that that riff is pretty good it's a good song I mean I, I'm not knocking the song I mean the only thing I found out about this song which kind of kept on coming up in all the research I was doing was that uh, originally it was written in E and interesting um, Bob Rock, it, at Bob Rock's suggestion as the producer, he kind of like heard the first six songs that they were bringing in, and was just like, all of these songs are in E, and uh, and to which their rebuttal was just like, well, E's the lowest note, mm-hmm. and he's just like, well, you could just tune your instruments down to D, and then it would be lower. <laughs> so that's what they did. <laughs> so this song is now in D, okay, uh, and that's and that's. So it kind of has developed that really deep sludgy yes. feel to it, and then like a really deep groove. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing about that song, really. Um, so then the song after that would be "Holier Than Thou," okay. Which this is cool because this is kind of yeah. like I do a camera this one. Yeah, it's a more rocking, right? This one is definitely kind of more akin to uh, older Metallica. Yeah, it's definitely more of like a thrash song. Okay. Oddly enough, um, this song. Bob Rock was originally considering they were going to use as their first single. Really? Yeah. He wanted them to use this song as their first single. Well. He was wrong. Yeah, he would have been real wrong, I think. <laughs> yeah, and the band agrees. They they, they bust his balls to this day. Yeah. Like, I mean, holier than cool, now, yeah, huh? Yeah, I'm down with that song, but yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it probably wouldn't have gone over as well. Yeah. Um, so now, um, yeah, it was originally considered for the first single. Uh, not much to interpret here, really. I mean, lyrically, I don't know if you can remember anything about the song. James, but, I mean, uh, James Hetfield lyrics have, have always been dog shit to me. 
they're personally. not. I mean, like, well, he, he he goes out on a limb on this record, but I mean, as far as interpretation, as far as like what he's saying, this song specifically is not impressive. Yeah, like just the just the title alone, holier than thou. I mean, it definitely puts something in your mind as to like what to expect this song is going to be. Yeah, you know, um, so to which um, seems very likely to be a very confrontational song against the speaker and someone who seems a bit high and mighty, hmm. right? Okay. Um, so referring back to your latest album, uh, I can't help but to think that you have, that you might have a little bit of a chip, like, huh? I mean, like, do you, like, cause it seems like you have like this lack of faith in humanity based on like the content of your album, the titles and the, and the album name and so forth. Is that, is that true or? Sure. Um, like I said though, like a lot of it is, um, a look internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is i would I'm, I'm trying to go through i'm trying to just think about it uh uh some of it is intended to get others to think of course because that's like growing up on uh, on on like punk rock and everything is like you know to get people to think but mm. it's also very um but i but i like lyrics that are that are more uh oblique and like you know it's gonna make you think for yourself a little bit um so i guess i I could say it's like one of those like (laughs) what does it mean to you kind of thing (laughs) but like you know like like you know there's there's a few songs on here that that have very 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 specific meaning Hmm. um and then there's a few that uh are intended to be like interpretive Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just like my, some of my favorite lyricists I feel like are, yeah. are that way. Do you, um, do you print your lyrics in your record? The lyrics are in, are in the record. There okay. Is, there Cause is I don't, I didn't have any access to them as uh, of yet. Okay. Okay. So, totally, cause yeah. it's not, it's not really, uh, it, it's hard to decipher. Yeah. You can't yeah. really make out what you're saying in yeah. the, in the songs and the recordings. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just based on like the the imagery and the titles, I'm just like, okay, I can kind of get an idea of what this might might be going, and it kind of felt like that. Like not not saying you're holier than thou in any sense, but um, just the 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 chip being like, there's a problem with some, like you have a problem with somebody, or sometimes if people are problematic, like this is what you're kind of trying to address, maybe. Yeah, most of it, uh, most of those parts are probably the self-referential parts. Okay. Um, um and the other character that is probably myself at that point most of it's written like yeah about either and it's most of it's an attack on self for the most part um sure so it's like there's there's a few songs that that deal with like loss um like there's like there's a song that i guess the only song that would be an attack on others like egg is definitely a very um it's a pro-woman song that's very like an attack on like you know like asshole male culture mm-hmm. um sure so that one would definitely be aggressively <laughs> you yeah. know fuck you to that one's to, more th- confrontational that, that, that type of person yeah and sure that's, that's uh um but also from just from song titles you're not going to get it necessarily from that one uh mm-hmm. but um yeah, most of the other ones are are very um, self reflective, and um, me basically like you know yelling at myself. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's totally understandable, reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's what most people probably do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, let's keep on moving. So the Unforgiven is next. We all know this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most compelling aspects of this album um, is James Hetfield's vocals. Um, the singing, the singing, the singing style, not necessarily lyrics, but um, so he's taken a new approach and delivery. Yeah. Um, on this album, uh, in much in part due to Bob Bob Rock's production, um, essentially he he wanted to he actually listened to uh, a Chris Isaac song and he and he went approached Bob Rock about it and said I really like the way he sings like is this like, true this is true he <laughs> he he took inspiration from Chris Isaac to be like I want to sound like that when I sing um <laughs> that's why you got the haircut too well, eventually yeah but uh it's like I want to look like he went to the barber and he's like he took a picture of Chris Isaac he's like he's like I want to look like this yeah man let's well, look slick um but no, I mean, so seriously, I mean, so because uh, uh, recording-wise, <clears throat> I guess he used to always double his vocals okay. on the previous records, and so that was just to kind of make them bigger and beefier, and he, uh, he, you know, he didn't have to rely on his voice as his instrument. But so in this album, he actually does uh, a single track for his vocals, hmm. and, uh, you know, Bob Rock just kind of, like, got the levels correct, like, he kind of, like, got the sound to be good enough so that his vocal could actually shine through and he wouldn't have to double it. Um, so um, I know that your new album is your debut full-length yeah. album, but what can you say you've learned about vocals? Oh, I've learned I've been doing them wrong Yeah, for like my entire life. Yeah. Um, uh, so I had to see a, a speech... Uh, I can't even say it. That's why I have to see them. A speech pathologist. <laughs> okay. Because apparently I, um, I, uh, I, I have a, I have a, without going into detail, I have a lung condition mm-hmm. and I, um, I have to see a speech pathologist now because I speak incorrectly. Apparently I exert even too much oxygen as I speak. Oh. I'm, so I'm not like, I'm not like speaking correctly from my diaphragm. Right. So obviously when I do that, um, I, uh, sing the same way and so I'm, I'm definitely exerting too much oxygen when I sing hmm. and I'm projecting too much um, and so when I do like loud aggressive vocals I'm doing that uh, to the nth hmm. and, and exerting way too much and I blow my voice out very easily okay um, and so I've been trying to learn how to to do that correctly yeah. uh, because um, with the, with the studio even like it's it's a it's interesting to to do that fortunately the with the studios that we, that we've uh used uh i've been able to do vocals at home and oh. and send that to our uh to our engineer oh that's weird so you don't even have to put yourself in that that situation where you have to do it in front of anyone i don't have to no i don't have a problem doing it though because um, right i don't know i don't have that like uh i guess yeah with old bands i've always done it in person but you know right now i can do it all at home and and our vocals are typically so buried and washed with like you know in the mix that we can just you know mm-hmm. be like oh yeah like you know you can just you know run it through your preamp and blah 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 and it, it sounds good enough right okay yeah wow. so cool man well so uh, i mean so what, what do you think you might do different uh maybe for the next record if you if you had to or if you wanted to uh we're probably going to change up some of the uh the the interlude stuff mm-hmm. um we also uh 
we have a new drummer now so um so our, yeah i think we're gonna approach like some of the rhythm stuff like with a with a different approach hmm. um i think we're gonna stylistically uh i mean we'll still be the same but we'll still be bringing the same thing but um i think we're gonna bring it like a yeah probably a little bit different like with our uh, like the the interlude idea because mm. we still want to like a lot of noise rock is just like feedback and wailing and um loud guitars and like i think we've been trying to to make to bring some more noise like i used to play in like like a lot of like improv like minimalist composition stuff like in the early aughts yeah so they're called aughts uh like, yeah is that what they call that's them? what oh, some yeah. people say i don't know you say it i I, I, have n- I don't usually verbalize that word and I've, I've seen it written and i'm like wow i just said that word out loud and that felt yeah. really weird it um, is weird so um yeah the early 2000s um i played in like this yeah like minimalist improv band and um so like i think we've been trying to like like incorporate like a little bit more of that for the uh for our like noisier elements so it's almost hmm. like showing more restraint um yeah. Okay. I guess with the uh, with the uh, the noise element, I'm just mm. trying to really like dial it back as opposed to find some more melody, maybe something n- like that. Not necessarily, not necessarily melody. Um, I would just say uh, just uh, just doing less. Like one of my favorite bands of all time was like like Low. Okay. And uh, I just remember whenever I was into that stuff, it was I think it was. Uh, I mean, I said Low, but I was gonna reference coding but uh you know same era but um that that kind of band and i think i was one time in an interview where uh uh their drummer mentioned talking about like people like laughed at them and were like you, it's so easy to play slow like that and they were like <laughs> you try playing it's easy to play fast like you, yeah. you can go faster like you try to play that slow right and so i'm not saying we're gonna go slower but it's just the idea of restraint and um i think uh i think it i think it adds a different dynamic sure. sometimes just to to do less um right yeah because one of my biggest influences all time is always going to be the shining mm-hmm. uh the movie just because uh the way it's shot is just it right. always influences me yeah um space and, and just, time are huge of, yep and right. that, that just always draws on me and i feel like there's so many ways to interpret it from that movie and mm. and just uh the just oh uh, yeah it just get, it just gets me and so it's like like I I just watched it um, a few um, maybe a month ago or something like that. And it just like hit me again with just like ideas, just for like oh, and now this time we need like here's how we do it for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we've been writing and we've been working on some stuff for for the Great. next album. Yeah. Cool man, looking forward to it. Cool. Um, moving on to the next song, wherever I may roam. Okay, yeah, that was another another, another hit, right? Another big single. single. Another big single. Yeah. Uh, maybe one like... of the best odes to the road ever committed to tape. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's a road song. <laughs> I feel like there's so many road songs, though. But but at the same time, I'm like completely blanking. Well, so I mean, actually, on it, the kinda, road it again. kept on. Well, there's that one, yeah. Willie Nelson's great. Um, I was thinking about it when I was like doing the research and thinking about this song being a road song. They kind of famously covered Bob Seger on their covers album. Okay, that was a single too, right? Yeah, it was a single, but I mean, it was a cover of a but Bob Seger song. Yeah, but I'm saying that was a hit. Like I, yeah, I, I think heard so. That. It wasn't like absolutely, a yeah, yeah, buried yeah. B-side or something. I mean, you, you would know the Bob Seger song in yeah. addition to you would know the Metallica cover yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but this is their own song, and so it's a road song. So it's like, what do you feel is the greatest part of being a road band? Oh boy, going home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the greatest part of being a road band? I, I uh, always felt like when the tour was ending, it was just like 
Let's just go back out, guys. Let's just turn around. Let's keep on going. Ah, no, when you're no, when you're old. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I guess um, when you when you meet good people, like mm. I feel like when you when you when you strike out with like meeting good people, it's just like it just makes it so much worse. Yeah. And just like when you can't max, like, actually make a connection with someone, like. I don't know, like, like to me, there's nothing worse than going somewhere and having someone like ask you, like, just like, so how, how's, how's tour been and how blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I just want substance. Mm -hmm. Like I had a talk the other night with someone about Lyme's disease for a while and it was awesome. And we just talked about Lyme's disease for a while. Yeah. And that was really cool because it was like, we had like a real conversation and like, that's awesome. Right. Like, yeah, small talk sucks. Yeah, like, like like I would much rather have a real conversation with someone and really like connect with someone and talk about like something real hmm. than just some just some bullshit or like you know like oh so like see you're wearing a Slayer shirt that's cool what's your favorite album you like Rain and Blood yeah you know right bullshit it's like I don't know that's cool thanks. <laughs> Right. <laughs> all right. Well, no, I like that, man. I like that. So, a what's lot. the next song? I get that. I get that all the time. Um, <laughs> well, the next song is uh, "Don't Tread on Me." I, I I feel like this is the OEO song. Is it? Let's see. Here, I want to do a little Google while you're talking. Was it not in the beginning? Should it, I don't know. Yeah, can't remember. I just swear they have a song <clears throat> where they do that. You're probably right. I don't know if it's on this record. Either way, don't tread on me. We kind of actually already touched on on what this was a little bit as far as like what my question for you was going to be. Um, but don't tread on me, the phrase taken from the, the Gadsden flag. Okay. You know, famously, yeah, yeah. obviously the yellow flag with the rattlesnake on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's designed for proclaims an assertive warning of vigilance and willingness to act in defense against coercion. So this has led it to be associated with the ideas of individualism and liberty. Mm -hmm. um, but so now me, I mean, like, the, you know, the rattlesnake component being the predominant image on the cover of the album. Uh, -huh. uh I was going to ask you if you could tell me a little bit about the cover of your album and where the idea came from. Okay. Yeah. It kind of just came from, uh, uh, yeah. Ha having to redesign the album <laughs> and being influenced <laughs> by the single. <clears throat> right. Coincidentally, uh, the, um, the eyes, uh, no, nobody's called me out on this yet, and so I'm just gonna say it that the eyes are a direct ripoff of an early Comme des Garcons ad. Comme des Garcons, what's that? Uh, Comme des Garcons is a uh, fashion label. Okay. Uh, it was like an early. Um, it, the, the, it's like a, a Japanese fashion uh, label that uh, that Ray had uh, designed for a. I think it was a window installation huh. back in. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, like the, maybe it was the eighties or something like that. And I ripped it off. Oh, like okay. Completely wild. All right. Nobody called me out on it. And yeah. people, people were like, that looks like the blah, blah, blah thing. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and people were like, that looks like, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. It, okay. It looks like something well, else. Well, I'll just but... delete that. Okay. I'll just go edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, you know, we don't, we don't want even, we don't want uh, Chris X to get any problems either. Uh, um, it's not the, it's not the same it's not like taken from it but sure. it's influenced by it. it's like oh she yeah. she had like two blobbed eyes that looks like a skull and then like 
right. something else underneath it that looks like like she actually has a nose and stuff, but it's just like a weird looking skull thing. And I was like, oh, I really like that. I'm yeah. using that. Yeah, inspiration is fine. It's not direct lifting. I didn't directly lift it. Correct. No, no, right. no, no, no. Not that a would, problem. No, that's not my. That's not my game. I'm talking. I'm talking about inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I kind. I kind of want to get to this question. So uh, the next song being through the never. Okay. All right, so now I got this long thing that I got from uh, from songtell.com. It says it's a basically uh, uh, defines what the songs are. It kind of gives a song meaning. So it says it speaks of being curious and of finding how it all began. Ultimately, the song calls for perseverance, urging the listener to move, quote, on through the never and seek the edge of forever. It serves as a reminder that life is full of mysteries, but that understanding and peace can only be reached by trying to find our way through the never-ending journey. Um, I also feel like think that it kind of feels like a typical existentialist question, right? Um, huge void, never-ending time and space, limitations of human human understanding. We hunger to be alive, and so forth. Um, I guess as a kid, if if that's when you discovered this, which it was when you were twelve, did uh, you have any acknowledgement of that? Yeah, I. So for better or for worse, like, my mom had me reading a lot when I was really young. Um, so like, I think that's what ended up drawing me to, um. Uh, like probably away from like stuff like this and more probably towards like indie rock and like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff like that was, hmm. was more poetic, um, existential, like thought provoking things. Mm-hmm. Um, like bands that made you actually think and feel something. And it wasn't just like, Oh, this is heavy rock music. Like it was definitely more of like the fact that it, something was being said. So I and think it's like, introspective. So it kind of yeah. makes you question. And I, I remember like, like, like reading I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and tell you that 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 young 12 year old me knew what i was reading but i remember my, my mom would would have me reading like i'm trying to think of like like shit that she would have me reading like as a kid um like lord of the flies and shit like that like when i was like, hmm. like 12 like or something and i'm like sure shouldn't be reading this at 12 like give me a few years like to figure out like you know well if you were an advanced reader like my my youngest son is 13 now and he's an advanced reader and so i i've actually have some books in the house and it's like you should probably try to read this uh don't tell your mom i told you you could <laughs> yeah sure but like i don't it was just yeah it was just things that i don't i don't know if my brain really got the the the, the meta of any of it or sure. like you know like like i was i was reading it and i was you know, getting was, through the book, but I, like, I, yeah, I don't know if I was really digging like yeah. as deep as I should have been at the time, but like, you know, like a few years later I, I was reading like Kafka and stuff like that. So yeah. okay. I wasn't that far off. No, no. Like, you know, and like, um, like, I, like, yeah, I remember like even, even just stupid things. Like I remember like a, a few years later after that, I was like, like into like, uh, like my, my favorite lyricist is, is, uh, is Tim Kinsella. Oh, okay. Um, he's like my favorite lyricist of all time. I remember the first time like opening like a Joan of Arc like lyric book and and being like, oh, they're they're all printed like E. E. Cummings, like mm. that's pretty cool. Like yeah. and then being like, why do I know that? Like you know, like, <laughs> like that's 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 like so stupid. Like, yeah, that's such a strange like, reference. You know, right? I mean, that's like so much like down the road, but like like it's just it's just bizarre. Um. Mm. Anyway. Um. But yeah, like I think, 
I'm trying to think what the original question was, kind of. About oh, existential um, yeah, just to, if you had any acknowledgement, <laughs> acknowledgement of that as a kid, like, or or was it just kind of like, hey, this is a heavy song that fucking kicks ass? Yeah, no, I oh, lyrics are always very important to me, but like I said, but, but lyrics for Metallica were never <laughs> important right. to, to me, especially at twelve. So, so if anything, the lyrics would have turn like Metallica was like a lyrics turn me off if anything band it was never like a oh okay like dude James hit it on this one like, wow well you know that's funny because I I never I probably would have agreed with you and and completely agreed with that sentiment mm-hmm. um I want to do a couple I want to skip a few songs um I want to get down to uh the god that failed because okay. now this is a perfect example of this now I guess maybe the structure of the lyrics is kind of a little little dull but the content is pretty pretty impressive because essentially uh james hetfield was raised as a christian scientist hmm yeah are you familiar yeah uh which essentially is a religion that shuns medical science and believes that god will heal the body so essentially this song was written in in uh in direct correlation to his experience with his mother becoming ill and eventually dying due to that illness okay i think i've heard i I think i did hear that before yeah so i mean yeah so she wouldn't take medication for her illness i believe it was a cancer and so it eventually you know took her and Mm -hmm. it's because of her her uh inability to her 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 pride essentially to her devout faith to this religion that would that just deterred her from taking any medication to possibly furthering her life and actually getting healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have a question for this song, but I just think that it's interesting because... Oh, I think it's ex- it's extremely... Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's it's obviously powerful, but, like, uh, it, it fucking sucks. Yeah. But, like, I mean, like... But he was willing to kind of reach these points to within himself at this point because he, he, you know, he realized that he wanted to make a more universal and a more like compelling album in general like in, in all aspects not only just the music but the lyrics as well the vocal styling yeah so uh, and then this is so this is just a very one of his first i think attempts at being in, incredibly vulnerable and sure. and and open about his personal experiences yeah no i it's like that weird thing of like i don't want to sound dismissive of like i'm almost like i get that and i appreciate that but I'm like i'm sure ed sheeran does that yeah, but I mean, I, <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, uh, for for like, metal too. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing too. No, that's a very good point. And I guess at that point, like a lot of people probably weren't doing that. No. Um, no. So that is um, that is, that is, I wonder. When, I wonder when that came out. Like, do you know? Did he say that at the time? What? James, that he that, about, about what the song content was because I never knew that as a kid. Like I just heard God that failed and just I was like, oh, it's just it's just still like a like a croissant wrapped like you know song about like God failed, yeah, right. like yeah. you know like we're religion gonna vulgar, sucks or whatever. Vulgar display of power in a few years, <clears throat> like it's gonna be cool, like you know like you know like yeah, angry no, metal. I, I actually don't have a, a specific reference to that. I know that I've kind of uh, I was just, just found it in the research. I'm not yeah. sure exactly at what time this was disclosed, yeah. um, but. The, yeah, but that essentially is what it is. So I mean, I I just find Let's it just for for what you're saying, just because I I understand that you know this is not necessarily your favorite record of all time. Um, it's important for certain reasons, um, and you you know, just because you had said that 
you don't think that James Hatfield is a good lyricist, like you never really kind of considered his lyrics. I, I think that this is compelling in that, re- if specifically for that reason, because yeah, yeah. like I said, I, would, no, I, I, agree I agree with you. I agree, and I agree with you. I think it is compelling for well, that Well, with reason. new information shared, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it kind of changes your mind if someone can give you something that says, hey, well, you know, contrary to what you believe, there's this. Yeah. So, you know. But I think that's, I think that's wild. Like, I mean, like, can I, I guess I was just thinking like, oh, poor dude, like, man, like he's been through a lot, like, you know, like, his mom. And, sure. No, I mean, he has. I mean, uh, I'm like, and here I am caring about his art. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, man, I mean, first of all, I think he's probably pretty used to it. Uh, yeah. Got to gets a lot of criticism especially after this record like every record after this got a lot of criticism you know yeah. i mean do you think about saint anger and fucking you know especially mm, after yeah. robert trujillo joined the band i mean yeah personally james i think you're great yeah that, that's nice yeah. i hope he hears that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so look we're just gonna skip on to the last song because we're kind of running out of time anyway Kay. um the struggle within so i like this song uh, okay. I, I think it feels like older Metallica. It's kind of more more like old thrashy Metallica. I remember the last song being a good one, a, a, a thrashier song. Yeah. yeah. So that that's all I remember about it. I don't okay. even, I don't remember the riff or anything. I just I'm like for some reason I remember the album ending decent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, but like it also seems similar in sentiment to Holier Than Thou. Okay. Like lyrically speaking, I feel like. Um, I don't know, like not so much feeling the weight of the world, like the title, <clears throat> like the title suggests, right? But, but pinning that on the person they're speaking of as if like, uh, to, as if, as if like they, they victimize themselves, like they're speaking about themselves in this way. Okay. Like they're, they're kind of, per, um, describing their own struggle. Okay. It's more of a inflected, like introspective song, more so than like kind of pinning it on somebody else. Gotcha. Um, so I don't think you seem well. Based on the conversation we've been having, I kind of feel I can, I can, I can't see it on you, but I think that you clearly have a little bit of insecurity in yourself, based on what you said about your your music and kind of how you write, where you come from lyrically. Um, so what do you what do you think you struggle with? Um, like as far as in life or like, <laughs> like I mean, like, we, can, in, we can, we can, we can narrow it down to like music maybe. Um, I struggle with making connections with people, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I, I'm just like, oh, this is just for me. Right. Like I'm like, I, I know that like, this is probably not going to connect with other people. I know I'm like, um, you know, a 44 year old straight white male and like there's plenty of other people out there that deserve this opportunity more than i do sure um like like fuck me like <laughs> like I, like i like who cares like about what i have to do or say at this point like uh yeah um and i'm totally on board with that but like uh like there's other voices that need to be heard more than mine like by all means and um i'm down with that like sure you know, um but like i guess my insecurities are trying to um i guess navigate my place and find my place without nudging my way in somewhere because i don't want to step on toes i've stepped on too many toes throughout Mm. the years and i just don't want to do that anymore i'm kind of in a better place now and i just am much happier um you know easing my way in if that works cool and if it doesn't cool 
and um at the same time just you know don't be a dick and let's all not be dicks that's that's <laughs> like, pretty you good. know like let's just all be good to each other <laughs> i i completely agree with that sentiment i yeah. seriously 100 percent. that's that's the way i live my life now it's yeah. just just try to be cool to everybody i mean that's all that's all it is that's all it takes that's yeah. all it takes to make a difference right yeah so let's uh let's kind of uh focus on that i guess yeah cool man well listen um it's such a pleasure to have you here uh sure. it's been Thank you i haven't had people here in forever and it's just kind of nice to to have you here and be able to kind of uh thank you for welcoming me uh welcome yeah me. treat you right i'm you know I, I know what it's like to be a band on tour and like it's not all, all uh you know sunshine and rainbows so mm-hmm. uh and in any way that i can help i'm, I'm happy to do it absolutely I appreciate it. so thanks for the talk man thank you um, good luck on the rest of your tour. And is there, what else do we need to know about the band? I mean, the record is out currently, correct? Yeah, the record's out. Um, go to Reptilian uh, Reptilian Record site, and uh, you can buy it there. That's the best place to get it. And you have it at shows too. Chris. Yeah, we have it at shows. Uh, Great. I, uh, I like to tell people to go buy it directly from uh, from Reptilian Records. Right. Because uh, that's the best place to get it. Okay. Great, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Vinyl Envision is a psychic static production. Theme song written and performed by Jeff Robbins of 123 Astronaut. 